What do you think, what do you think most people want out of life? What do you think most people want out of life? This is a question that has actually been asked to people in our country in survey after survey, and, and most of them pretty much say the same thing. Most people say that the main thing they want in life is to be happy. It is to have joy. It is to have joy in every aspect of life. That is what people want above anything else. And yet, sadly, sadly, many don't have it. Sadly, more than a third of people in this country say that they're not very happy in their lives. And that number has remained pretty steady for about the last 40 years. For about the last 40 years, at least a third of people in this country say that they don't have a lot of joy in their lives. And you add to that how during this year, the year of COVID, a recent medical study found that the number of adults facing depression in this country has gone up. Alcoholism has gone up. Drug use has gone up. Prescription medication for anxiety has gone up. Suicide, the number of people committing suicide. All these things have gone up. They've all increased just this year and how tragic that is. How tragic that while happiness and joy are the main thing that people want in their lives, both of those things have become very elusive. Both of those things have become very hard to gain and maintain in people's lives. That is what the numbers are showing us. And so since that is the case, how about we open up our Bibles this morning and let's just study what the Bible has to say about this. Let's open up our Bibles and study what the Bible says about gaining and maintaining joy and peace even during a very tough year like 2020. And so please take out your Bibles and go over to the book of Philippians. When you take out your Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 1, our study this morning from God's Word is going to come exclusively from the book of Philippians. We're going to Study Philippians, so just park yourself right there at Philippians. Hopefully you are aware of the fact that we just recently completed the book of Philippians in our daily Bible reading. Remember in Philippians 1 and verse 1, we learn that the writer of the book of Philippians is the great Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul penned the words of Philippians. Remember, he penned the words of Philippians from a Roman jail cell. He's in prison as he writes Philippians. He's in prison because he preached the gospel, because he promoted the cause of Jesus Christ. He is not experiencing a lot of, uh, a lot of satisfaction in life right now. He's going through a very difficult time, and I think that's something we really need to appreciate. 
I think that's something that we really need to, to emphasize because you would think that a man like Paul, a man in his particular situation, would be totally depressed and unhappy in his life. You would think that Paul maybe would be like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. You would think that he would have an attitude or a disposition where in this entire letter he would be just unloading his frustrations and and how he's just not happy with these problems he has in his life. You would think that maybe this would be one of the most depressing letters. And on all the Bible, but oddly enough, this letter is far from that. You see, despite going through a very unfair in a very difficult time in his life, in this letter, we read about a man who, who's happy. We, we read about a man who is full of joy and peace. We read about a man who is able to maintain joy and peace as a Christian, even though he's going through some lousy circumstances. The question, though, is how was he able to do that? How was Paul able to maintain and keep his joy as a Christian, even though he's going through some lousy circumstances? Well, I want to submit to you this morning that there are at least four reasons why Paul was able to keep his joy as a Christian, even though he's going through some lousy circumstances. And the first reason is this. The first reason why Paul was able to keep his joy despite his lousy circumstances is because he chose to see the positives of those lousy circumstances. He chose to see the positives that came to him in the kingdom of God from his rough circumstances. Are you in Philippians chapter 1? Notice what the Bible says, verse 1. In verse 1, we see clearly Paul's the writer of this letter. He's with Timothy. He calls them bondservants of Christ. He writes this to the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. Notice how this church is, was, a, was a scripturally organized church. The church in Philippi was made up in the very same way that we are made up here at Monte Vista. They had saints. They had Christians. They had disciples. They had overseers, bishops, elders, shepherds. Pastors, they had deacons, special servants in the church. This was a, a scripturally organized church. They had everything that God wants a local church to have. In verse number four of the chapter, he talks about how he prayed for these Christians. He prayed for these saints in Philippi, even though he's locked up in prison. In verse number five, he talks about their participation in the gospel. Some of your translations there may use the word fellowship, sharing. Joint participation, communion. There in verse 5, Paul is talking about their financial support to him in the gospel. He is saying that by supporting him financially, and this church was supporting Paul, they were in fellowship with him. Anytime a church sends money to a preacher, they are in fellowship with that preacher. That's what Paul is talking about in verse 5, financial support. But then in verse 12, he says this. Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances, remember, his circumstances are he's in prison. My circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because 
of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. What is Paul saying in those verses? Well, simply put there, those verses, Paul is saying that even in his miserable and terrible circumstances, he could see a lot of positive things taking place. He could see a lot of good things taking place. He could see how the will of God was being accomplished through his suffering. Going back to verse number 12, notice how Paul says that his imprisonment had turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. You see that? He says that through his imprisonment, he was able to reach people with the gospel that maybe he would not have been able to reach otherwise. People like the guards in the prison. People like some of the powerful political figures that we can read about him preaching to throughout the book of Acts. People like Felix and Festus and King Agrippa. Paul says that through his suffering, some wonderful evangelistic opportunities had have been presented to him. Paul says that through his imprisonment, the gospel of Jesus Christ was actually getting a lot of publicity. That's what he says in verses 12 through 13. And then in verse 14, he says that through his imprisonment, other people, other Christians, other disciples of Jesus Christ, they were actually being inspired. They were actually being motivated. They were actually looking at his boldness to continue preaching the gospel despite being persecuted. And they were gaining confidence. They were gaining zeal. They were becoming very zealous about promoting the gospel of Christ. You see, Paul was able to keep his joy as a Christian, even though he was suffering, even though he had some, some rough circumstances because he chose to see the positives that were taking place through those circumstances. He chose to focus on the good things that were happening through his suffering. That was the mindset that Paul had 2,000 years ago. The question is, what about us? What about us as Christians today? What about us during this rough year of 2020? Can we see the same kind of things that Paul could see in his life? I mean, let's just be honest about it. It can be hard to see that, right? It can be hard to have a, to have a high level of spiritual maturity like Paul and see the positive things that are taking place in our rough circumstances. The easier thing to do when we start going through rough circumstances is just to focus on the bad stuff, right? Focus on the doom, focus on the gloom, focus on the sicknesses, focus on the death, focus on the challenges of virtual learning for our kids, focus on these masks and how we don't like having to wear them everywhere we go. You see, when going through periods of life that we're really not enjoying, it can be hard to see the blessings that are found in those situations. It can be hard to see how during a year like 2020, even though it's painful, even though there have been a lot of challenges this year, many of us have, have been able to grow a lot. 
Many of us have been challenged, maybe more than ever, to depend on God and, and trust in the Lord. Many of us have been challenged, maybe more than ever, to never take for granted blessings that maybe we far too often took for granted. Blessings like the ability to sit and have a meal in a restaurant. Blessings like being able to come here to this church building every Sunday and worship God. Blessings like being able to come to Wednesday night Bible classes. Blessings like being able to go to in-person school and play sports with our friends. In 2020, maybe we have been forced to never again take for granted blessings that far too often we we took for granted, and maybe like the Apostle Paul during this year of 2020, we have been granted some wonderful evangelistic opportunities. Maybe during this time of pandemic, people on our jobs and in our schools and in our communities have for the very first time in their lives started thinking about God. Started thinking about Jesus, started thinking about the gospel. It's amazing how periods of suffering can Cause people to want to think about those things, right? Maybe the media's constant mention of COVID deaths has caused some of the people we know to start thinking about the reality of death in their own lives. Maybe it's forced them to start thinking about preparing for death. Maybe it's forced them to start thinking about the inevitability of death for every single person. Maybe this pandemic has caused people you know who are not Christians to start coming to you and asking you about your faith as a Christian and why you have such a positive attitude and why you have peace and such optimism during this difficult time. You know, I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Remember in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about this occasion when he had this thorn in the flesh. Remember that? He says he had a, a thorn in the flesh. He said he had something from the devil that was causing him a lot of grief and pain and misery in his life. In fact, he says that he prayed to God three times that God might remove that thorn, whatever it was, from his life. And God's re response to his prayer request was no. God said that he was not going to remo remove that thorn from his life. Instead of removing the thorn, God said that he was going to give him the strength he needed to endure it. God said he was going to keep that thorn in his life, that, that suffering, because through that suffering, some good stuff was going to happen to Paul. Through that suffering, Paul was going to be forced to stay humble and more dependent upon God. Paul says he could see that. Paul was able to keep his joy as a Christian, no matter what. Because he chose to focus on the positives that came to him in every, in every circumstance. But not only did this help Paul keep his joy, a second thing that also helped Paul is he always maintained an unselfish mindset. He always maintained an unselfish spirit. When you go to Philippians chapter 2, let's go to Philippians 2. Look at verse 3. Philippians 2 verse 3, Paul says this. Do nothing from selfishness. Remember, he's writing from prison. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. 
Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, several years ago, an older and wiser and seasoned Christian told me this. He told me that in the church, in the kingdom of God, there are two kinds of Christians. There are the Christians who wear aprons and there are the Christians who wear bibs. There are Christians who wear aprons. There are Christians who wear bibs. Now, who are the Christians who wear the bibs? The Christians who wear the bibs are the selfish Christians. They're the Christians who are like little babies. They only focus on themselves, only focus on their needs, their wants. They walk around with a mindset of who's going to pay attention to me? Who's going to do for me? Who's going to check on me? Who's going to ask me how I'm doing? Who's going to focus their attention on me? That's the mindset of the Christians who wear the bibs. But when it comes to the Christians who wear aprons, they walk around with a whole different mindset. Instead of walking around with the mindset of what can people do for me, these disciples walk around with an attitude of who in this church needs my help. Who in this church can I serve? Who can I check on? Who can I pray for? Who can I encourage? That's the difference between the Christians who wear the aprons and the Christians who wear the bibs. And Paul says here that we need to be the Christians who are wearing the aprons. We need to be the Christians who are always looking to serve and help other people. We need to have that mindset at all times, number one, because that's the mindset Jesus had at all times. And number two, having that mindset will help us always have joy and peace no matter what circumstances we're facing in our lives. Having that mindset is one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul had a lot of joy in his life even though he was locked up in prison. You see, even though Paul was locked up in prison for just preaching the gospel of Christ instead of focusing on himself and his terrible situation, in Philippians 1, what does he focus on? He's focused on other people. He's focused on serving other people. He's focused on serving the lost by teaching them the gospel, and he's also focused on inspiring other Christians to do evangelism as they look at, as, at his example. Even though he was going through something rough, Paul chose, he chose to be like Jesus. He chose to have a servant mindset like Jesus. And we got to challenge ourselves to have the same mindset. When times like this, instead of focusing on ourselves, we got to challenge ourselves to be mindful of the people around us. We got to challenge ourselves to to encourage others and listen to others and share with others and comfort others. Let me tell you something. It is very difficult for the devil to steal away the joy of Christians when they're always wearing aprons instead of bibs. Paul kept his joy because he had an unselfish mindset at all times. But then we go to Philippians three, go to Philippians three, because there we see a third thing. To help Paul maintain his joy, and that is thirdly, he kept his joy by staying focused on heaven. Staying focused on what's to come once he departed or exited out of this life. 
Philippians 3, look at verse 20. Philippians 3, 20. Paul says, for our citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform the body of our humble state into the conformity into conformity with the body of his glory for the extortion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Remember again, and I know I keep saying this, but I'm doing it on purpose. Remember again from where Paul is writing this letter. Remember, Paul is writing this letter while a prisoner. He's in a jail cell. He doesn't have his freedom. He's going through a lousy circumstance in his life, and yet instead of focusing on that lousy circumstance, instead of focusing on how he doesn't have his freedom, Paul is focused on what's to come. He's focused on where his true citizenship lied. He's focused on the paradise that is found in heaven, he's focused on being with God. Do you see that? I want us to understand that when disciples focus, constantly focus, on where their true citizenship is, which is not America, by the way, it will help them immensely in life. It will help them keep their heads on straight. It will help them keep a right perspective. It will help them understand that while life can be tough, while 2020 has been tough, while COVID and all the rioting and the looting and the division in Washington has really brought us down, all of those problems are temporary. All of those problems are just for a moment. They will not. They will not last forever. You see, if we keep our faith and our trust where it needs to be, and that's in Jesus Christ, Paul says there's going to come an occasion when some wonderful things are going to happen to us. There's going to come an occasion when our, our bodies are going to come out of the grave. We're going to be raised from the dead. And we're going to be transformed into a glorious state. And then we're going to ascend and go to where our real home is. And that's in heaven with our father. Paul says that's what awaits us. If we're Christians. And we need to always be mindful of that. We need to always remember that if we always remember where our true home is. We'll always have joy. We'll always have peace. We'll always have the spiritual fuel we need to press on in our lives. It doesn't matter how rough this life may get. Paul was able to keep his joy because he stayed focused on heaven. In fact, that brings us to the last thing I want to share with you this morning, and that is fourth and finally, Paul was able to keep his joy despite going through lousy circumstances. Because he learned to be content. He learned to be content in every circumstance of life. Philippians 4, look at verse 10 with me, please. Philippians 4, 10, 
But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but now you lacked opportunity. Again, Paul is talking about financial support here. This church was supporting Paul. He begins the book talking about that. He ends the book talking about that. He appreciated that. But in verse 11, he says this, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means and also know how to live in prosperity. Any in every circumstance, I learned, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him, through Jesus Christ, who strengthens me. You know, one of the reasons why people who are discontent really struggle finding happiness in life. It's because they live their life under a delusion. They live their life believing a lie. They live their lives really believing that happiness and joy is all about getting your circumstances perfect in life. They say, well, you know, if I had that job that paid me a lot more money, then, then I would be happy in life. If I had more money in my bank account, then I would be happy. If I was married to somebody else, if I was part of that family, if I was a member of that church, if I had a right amount of good health, if the pandemic would leave, if the p political party that I support just controlled Washington, then my life would be what I wanted it to be. Then I would have joy and happiness. You see, for many people, even many disciples, their joy in life is really dependent on circumstances. It's dependent on circumstances in life, but notice that's not the mindset that Paul, that Paul carried with him, right? Notice how when it came to the apostle Paul, his joy as a Christian, it wasn't dependent on circumstances. It wasn't dependent on being rich or poor. It wasn't dependent on being hungry or filled. It wasn't depended upon even being free or in prison. Instead, his joy as a Christian was fully dependent on having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It was dependent on knowing Christ. It was dependent on being right with Christ. Paul knew that if he just had Jesus in his life, everything else was going to be okay. He was okay with just knowing Christ. He was content with just knowing Christ. And let me tell you something. If we followed his footsteps on this, we're going to have just like, we're going to have exactly what he did. When we learn just to be content with knowing Jesus Christ, we're always going to have joy. We're always going to have peace. When we just understand that even though problems are going to come to us in this life, Everything's going to be okay because the Lord took care of our greatest problem 2,000 years ago. We're going to have the kind of peace that Paul carried with him 2,000 years ago. 
And so look at one more verse, and then we're going to close. You see Philippians 4 and verse 4. You see that verse? Philippians 4, 4. See that word rejoice? Paul says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. How was Paul able to write that? How in the world could he tell people to rejoice? How in the world could he even think about rejoicing even though he's in prison? Well, this morning we've learned together that the reason why Paul was able to rejoice and encourage other people to rejoice is because he was content with knowing Jesus. He was content with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Knowing Jesus, that's what brought Paul the greatest joy. And this morning, I just want to know, do you, do you know Jesus? Are you in Jesus Christ? Do you have the kind of joy and peace that ultimately comes from Jesus? This morning, if you do not have that, but you want to have that, you have an opportunity to obey the gospel. You have an opportunity to do the same thing that Paul did to become the, a Christian, the same thing that every person in this room has done to become a Christian, and that is believe in Jesus and repent of your sins and obey the Lord's commandment to be baptized in water for the forgiveness of your sins. If you will do those things this morning, you will be with Christ, you will be part of his family, and you can live your life knowing that everything's going to be okay because you're on your way to heaven. Because you know Jesus Christ. And if you trust Jesus, everything's going to be okay. And so if there's someone here this morning who needs to obey the gospel or come back to the Lord, let us help you with that right here and right now. Let's stand. Let's sing together.